Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, hey. Yeah. There we are. There we are. We're back. We didn't didn't go anywhere. (laughs) No, like legitimately nowhere. No. Did we podcast? Yeah, we podcasted last week. That's when we, because we skipped a week, but then last week we did Fuck Politeness. Oh, right. Because we had, God, we right. had, we were ahead because we did a bunch while we were in Chincoteague and then right. we, then we decided to take a week off and now we're back on sort of one a week schedule. Kind right. Of and last week was the week where we both had like train wreck city weeks. Yeah. So uh, any updates on your train wreck? Well, yeah. I mean, it continued to train wreck. <laughs> The train to continue to derail. More and more cars came off the fucking track. It sure did. And then it caught on fire and right. then it blew up. Right. And, and then the did. forest was set on fire because the right. train derailed in the forest. Basically. And then it burnt to the ground <laughs> and now we're fine. Yeah. Everything's Torch fine. Earth. Yeah. I mean, it's real funny because last week when we talked about this, I think I we were about to like a settling point. And, you know, What's great about people is <laughs> I, I feel a very sarcastic what's great about people coming up. I mean, they just make sure you know who they are without yes. a doubt. When people show you who they are, believe them. Yes. And man, these people were like, wait, this is settled. I don't feel like you really know what kind of asshole I am. <laughs> So, so we had to do round two of it, mm. um, which ended in like super senior level people of the organization calling me to apologize for the shit show of these other people, um, basically begging me not to leave <clears throat> and promising to resolve it. So, you know, I just said, great, you can resolve it by getting them away from me. Mm-hmm. And I got a call that night that said they had called the one, the grandma, and explained to her like her behavior sucked and they can't handle it. And she's crying. So now will I reconsider? And I was like, um, she's crying because she got called out and right. didn't get away. She's not crying because she feels bad about one fucking thing that she did because right. um, she filed about 42 complaints on me since this, our last podcast. Instead of helping me, she filed a bunch of complaints. So I was like, she's, she's crying because she's not getting her way despite every effort to fucking right. be terrible. <clears throat> so no, that is just more. And what's funny is right before we came on here, I was listening to an Oprah Super Soul Sunday, mm-hmm. which was a replay of some of her old episodes. And it was a kind of a compilation of the concept of when life whispers to you, listen to it. Mm-hmm. And talking about how in life, you're going to have all these whispers of what should happen. And if you're not tuned in, you know, you'll get a pebble. And if you're still not tuned in, a rock. And if you're still not tuned in, like, don't wait until the whole house falls down around you. Yeah, don't wait till you get like smashed in the head by a fucking boulder. Right. Learn to start to listen to the whispers, that that voice inside that's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -mm, something's not right here. Something's not right here. Learn to listen and trust and respond. And that was really my situation through this. I'm like, no, like I'm trusting this inner voice that says these people are bad news and they Mm -hmm. can't be here. Um, And they continue to try to press it and press it. And at the end of the day, obviously they were asked to leave the organization. 
but you know, it was just so funny because there was a point in there where I started to feel guilty and be like, maybe I am being mean. Maybe I can just make mm-hmm. it work. I don't feel like dealing with it. And then they did this whole other tranche of super shitty stuff. And it's yep. like, well, that was, that was the rock, right? I wasn't listening to the whisper that said, get mm-hmm. away from so that was the rock to my head, like, uh-uh, no, 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 listen to this. These people can't be here. Yeah. So, and, and that's all about, like we talk about, like setting those boundaries. Yeah. And these people are showing you who they are. So you yep. gotta, you gotta respect, you gotta, you gotta respect it. You gotta respect your own boundaries. You gotta respect what they're, they're showing you, what the world is showing you, what the universe right. is showing you, and you gotta trust your gut. 100%. So that's, yeah. that's where that... I think ended. I don't believe that it's over, over. I think they'll continue to try to harass me um, or harass the organization or just, I, I don't know to what end. I don't understand why and also don't care, but I know that like these are not cool people and they can't be around me or kids. Yeah. Oh God, no. Mm-mm. No, you know, that's, that's yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> interesting. And listening to that old Oprah was so, I don't know. It just like, I love Oprah. Yeah. Love me some Oprah. I mean, just like she is next to like godlike to me. Yep. So it was just so cool. She was playing, um, they played parts of two interviews. One was the interview of, do you remember JC Dugard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there had been something like 42 um, visits by authorities to the house where she's being held captive and nobody yep. looked in the backyard. I remember, I remember and that. They, I've seen yeah. her, her do her, own, tell her own story. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean that, oh, that gives they me Finally, 18 years, it. she was in captivity, 18 years. And her daughters had visited UC Berkeley for some reason, like had, they were young, like eight and 10 or something. And had talked to a security guard and the security guard was like, something's not right. And she ended up calling the cops and that's how they finally got rescued. Yeah. And Oprah was interviewing the security guard and she's like, I don't know. There was just a voice in my head that was like, this ain't right. I got to call somebody. Like she said, said, I didn't, I couldn't explain why. Yeah. I just knew something was wrong with these girls and something had to happen. Yep. Thank God um, for that. I mean, yeah. That, that, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's what we talked about in the last podcast, right? Is right. You have to, you have to, it's better to call and it be nothing mm-hmm. than to not and then find out that it really is something. Right. You know? Like not, you know, little quick update on, you know, um, asshole next door, but right. he hasn't, you know, so I can say he hasn't thrown a single party since, we'll um, start. you know, I have heard him hawking up loogies on the front porch. So <laughs> I know he's in there somewhere. Um, but you know, we've had some, we've had some nice nights where normally there'd be, you know, parties. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't, um, I did talk to, uh, the woman, um, the day after it happened and, you know, um, and I'm, you know, going to kind of reach out to her and just make sure she's doing okay, but I haven't seen her car over there. Um, you know, so, you know. But dudes, you know, he's fucking, he's fucking bad news. So, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta trust, you gotta trust your gut. You know what? And you said from the jump, like the day he moved in, you're like, something isn't right over there. I mean, how many times have I complained about the guy 
you right. know, on, on the podcast, right? So forget about the fact that my husband had to listen to I me mean, every fucking time, right? Oh. My neighbors too. Like, it's just like, you know, I'd be outside enjoying a nice evening talking to my neighbors and their gorgeous little redhead daughter across the fence. And then you just start hearing the, you oh. just start hearing it. You're like, oh, here we fucking go. Here we go. It's going to be another night. And it'd be like two, three, four nights a week. You know, it was all like, especially in the, this, the worst of it was, I mean, he kept going into the summer, even when it was hot, but, um, in the spring, like I said, like when I, we haven't turned on the AC yet and I would like to sleep with my windows open. Cause I actually enjoy that. Like a nice right. little breeze coming in, but I can't because right. I, there's a fucking drunken, drunken fucking party next door with people screaming and hollering. And now I know, you know, cocaine too. And, you know, forget about the fact that the douchebag uses fucking Duraflame logs. Like that's not what you're <laughs> supposed to use in your fucking fire pit. You use it to start a fire and then you use like what? Right. That shit smells like, so we couldn't keep our windows open because the chemicals on the that. Chemical smell, like if you yeah. wake up the next morning and accidentally left a window open, you'd be like, fuck, like I'm going to die from chemical exposure to these fucking Duraflame logs. Anyway. So oh. yes, no, he's, he's bad news. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've been tempted all week to post the picture of him getting arrested. And again, just kind of like, you know, this is, this is my neighbor, John. John likes to beat up women, throw loud, raucous, uh, alcohol and cocaine induced parties. Um, John's a dick. Right. Don't, Don't be, be like John. Don't be a dick. John who's 60. 65. 65? He was born in 1956. Does that make him 65? Oh yeah. That he's older than my mother. Yeah, so he's born the same year as my mother. That is something mm. else. Something else. Anywho, mm. um, so so great. So we're in a better that. place this week. Yep, yep. <laughs> so we we got past that. Um, clients are all doing well, and uh, today's uh, episode, we are going to. Oh, one more thing. I, forget, I keep forgetting mm-hmm. to tell you this. And I forgot mm-hmm. to tell you. Um, and I know I am totally addicted to Crime Junkie. Yes, you With just Ashley started Flowers. It? I started it, it a couple of weeks ago. I just forgot to tell you how, oh, much I, so how much I love it. Have you listened to Supernatural? No, because I don't. I'm not into that stuff. As oh. I, mean, I might listen to an episode, but I really like in the Crime Junkie. So thank you. I love Supernatural it's even really more. Just, um, yeah, so it's good. Yes, and there's mm-hmm. like a, one million episodes. Yeah, so, so I, mean, I haven't listened for me to listen to. And she just started a new one this week. I heard the politics one, the very presidential with all the, the you know, the presidential crimes. Yeah. It sounds right. kind of interesting. It's pretty good. So I listened to, um, was the first one Grover Cleveland? I think it was. I don't know. I can't remember if there was one. <laughs> I'm not listening to it. Oh, L, there was, LBJ was the first one. But I mean, I think everybody kind of knows what kind of jerk he was. But the second one was Grover Cleveland in the 1800s, which I knew nothing about. But he was like a straight up pedophile, like excellent stealing babies, stealing money. Oh shit! Okay, I mean it's worth listening to. to Yeah, Yeah. I'll listen to that one. Probably listen to that one before too. It's not about politics. It's just more like crime stories, basically. Yeah, crime stories from from the Oval Office. (laughs) Yeah, no, that sounds fascinating. I'll have to. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, oh, real quick, you know, I don't, I don't know if I told you, but um. So, you know, Eric and I were looking for a new series to watch. And we kind of got tired of uh, Naked and Afraid because it was like the same shit over and over. Right. And he would not like commit to any other show. And I was like, fuck it. I was like, you're going to watch this. So I never like rewatch series because like there's so many to watch. Like I don't really have time. But he wouldn't make a, a decision. So I was like, fuck it. You're going to watch Bloodline. So I, I 
made him watch like the first episode of Bloodline. Now, granted, I've seen it, right. but I don't remember like all the bits and pieces. So we're we're in season three now on uh, on episode three. So there's like seven left, and it's the funniest fucking thing because I don't think he was like super sure after the first episode, but he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm interested enough, especially since you know what they they showed at the you know the end of the first episode, and yeah. and then um he's like this is so fucking stressful. This is the most stressful show I've ever watched. He's like, I, this just needs to be fucking over. He's like, I've never, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I know. I said, actually, the reason why I watched that one so fast, like I remember, I I was like, I can't do that. I was like, this shit's got to be done. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, it's truly one of the most stressful um, shows I've ever watched. It's so so I love it. Your family's fucked up. Watch Bloodline. You have right. no fucking idea, right? But it's also really interesting because we talk about, right? So if we want to kind of connect it in with like shit we talked about, we talk about. So we talk about like, don't believe everything you fucking see on social media. Just don't believe mm-hmm. everything you fucking see, right? Because here's this shiny penny of a family, right? right? It's just like, you know, that, you know, they want to dedicate a peer to them and they're yeah. this great family that lives in Isla Morada and it's this charmed life, right? And then <laughs> you're like, that's the most fucked up family I've ever seen. Right. And then the mom's like at the center of it all and she's the one that fucked them all up, right? Like, it's right. just like, you know, um, but that's that's just not what the appearance was. And, right. and so, so there's a little life lesson in there, but, um, but it also prompted us to book uh, Eric's 50th birthday vacation in Isla Morada. So. so then that makes sense. Cause I was like, why would you guys book there? You've been there like a billion times. I've never been to Isla Morada. Oh, you have I've, I've been to Key West twice and that's oh. it, three times. I've been to Key West three times. Um, I've never, I mean, we drove through Isla Morada, obviously going to Key West from Miami, but um, no. Um, and we found this great little resort. I couldn't afford the Rayburn house. I looked it up. Oh, you can. Oh, is it a bed and breakfast? It's there? not called Rayburn House. It's right. called something else. It's this. It's an absolutely beautiful spa and resort, but it's like eight hundred dollars a night. And I was like, yeah. nope, can't do that. Um, so yeah, so we found this really cute little place called Palms and Palms, Pines and Palms, Palms and Pines. Um, and yeah, we got a little bungalow on the beach, and we're gonna stay overnight. And uh, you'll you'll love this. We're gonna stay overnight. We're gonna leave Saturday and stay overnight. And south beach i got a hotel in south oh, beach so nick can God. so can, yes my 16 year old's going with us so nick can have the south beach oh, experience so it's probably nothing like it used to be i mean because i think it's still closed well this won't be till january yeah we're not going till january but anyway so we'll stay overnight and then that way we don't have as far to drive um and then we'll stay three nights there so it'll be fun yeah. everything's yeah. not everything's refundable so in case <laughs> in case chicken I mean, sideways again this... we can cancel and get our money back but yeah. So anyway, that's, um, so fun. that's life catcher catching up. So today we're going to continue our what to expect when you're competing series. <laughs> you did it right, finally. What to expect? Yes. It's not what to expect <laughs> when you're expecting. It's what to expect when you're competing. Look it up. It's on Amazon. You can buy the book. Um, uh, and today we're going to talk about peak week and show day. Right. And you're like living this. Yeah. We're in right the throes of it. Yep. Because we had the clients compete um, uh, on uh, September, not September, because nope. September yet. Nope. It was uh, August 18th, maybe. Mm. Nope. Nope. That's not right either. That's definitely not right. The first, August 1st. Nope. nope. <laughs> Who knows? It was sometime. <laughs> it was two weeks ago. Tomorrow is the 22nd. So. It was not eight. last Saturday. Eight. It, yes. Every date, but what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Or, or me. Anyway. 
all my weeks are blending together. So yeah, so we had two clients compete that then, and then um, both of those clients are competing again on September 12th in Norfolk. And then we have uh, a new, uh, another client who's getting on stage for her very first time. So we're, we're finally in the midst of like actually getting to do peak weeks and um, show days. So that's what we'll talk about today. Right. So, I mean, this is the most asked about aspect of the sport when, when when people talk about the sport and have interest, all they're really until they know better are asking about is peak week and And show day show day. And I'll tell you, it should be the least interesting part of anything that you do peak week anyway, right? Peak week should be everybody thinks it's so people like call it hell week. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say that a lot of the shit that you hear about peak week is just like everything else we've talked about thus far goes way back to when, you know, right. people were just doing dumb shit dumb through their stuff. whole prep. And then, you know, cause you only prepped for 12 weeks. And so you still had five pounds to lose by the time it got to peak week. So, you know, it was like fish in a blender and whatever the fuck and, you know, and cut all your water yep. and, you know, cut all your all, sodium, cut, cut, ev- cut everything. Just don't eat anything. Don't drink any water. And that's peak week. Right. And, and it's just like, dead. right. And then people drop dead on stage, literally. Um, so when you do that, I can tell you what, what show day <laughs> is like. If you do some dumb shit like that, show day will in fact feel like hell. Um, and you yes. might die. Right. But that, so, so re- the reality is peak week. So like when, when, I, when I talk to clients about like how many weeks we have left to the show, I often don't include peak week because it's not part of our prep, right? It is, it is right. quite, quite literally meant to peak your physique, right? So right. It's, if we get your physique ready before peak week, that's the plan, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't always go according to plan, but the plan is we are, we give enough time that we are, the physique is prepared weeks in advance, right? right. To the point where we can practice a peak week weeks in advance because mm-hmm. they're lean enough to do that. Um, so peak week is meant to just fine tune right? What we've, what we've done is it's not meant for fat loss. It's not meant for shit tons of cardio. It's meant for making sure the muscles are full, Mm -hmm. making sure you're well rested, making sure, you know, we are balancing the water and electrolytes and all of those things, but not by cutting them. Um, so for most people, peak week should feel pretty easy. It should actually, because it's actually much more relaxing because usually if things are done right, cardio comes way down. Right. If there's any at all, it's just that. enough to get them moving, right? To make sure nutrients mm-hmm. are moving around. 15 minutes of walking, get out right. and do 10,000 steps every day. Like, that's it. Like, you're not doing twice a day cardio that week, you nope. know, if all goes well. Um, no, I do not cut anyone's water. Your water nope. will not be cut, right? It just won't. You will, you will you may drink more, you may drink, you know, a little, a little less, or you may drink more, you know, early in the week and a little less, but nobody's water gets cut, right? Like that's quite honestly the dumbest thing you can possibly do. Um, So yeah. So anyway, and you know, so it's all about, I mean, that's what peak week is, right? It's really just meant to fine tune all the things uh, we've been doing for weeks and months and months and months and months. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not a hell week. And like you said, it's also the week to, <clears throat> as a competitor, mentally prepare, right? Yes. And you should take a breath. And then that's the week that you're going to pack your bags 
and get your nails done mm-hmm. and take care of yourself and all of those things. So, you know, the stories of lore about these, and I, I did dumb things in peak weeks. I, well, I remember getting on stage one time with a headache so bad I couldn't see straight. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't even know if I finished that show. Couldn't tell you a thing about it because it was <laughs> the cutting the water and dumb shit. I also remember eating a pizza the night before oh, one yeah. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but to your point, everybody trains better now. So the vision. Well, not everybody. I still well, hear the, I do. see the horror sto- stories and I see it backstage. I see some crazy shit and I'll talk about some of the crazy shit I've seen. Right. Um, so why but- don't you run through what a, a optimum peak week looks like? So, yeah, so, so a couple of things that I'll kind of put out there, like real standard, cause every, so the things that people do ask, right? So here's, here's things that you should be doing during peak week that have nothing to do with the diet. So just, just some quick things, right? That, that like, you should be exfoliating every single day, right? Mm-hmm. This is preparing your skin for the tan, exfoliate, exfoliate, exfoliate. Every tanner will give you those instructions. Mm-hmm. If you're not using a stage tanner and you don't have the instructions, exfoliate anyway. Um, uh, stay out of tanning beds that week because yeah. it can actually, I mean, you should stay out of tanning beds anyway, anyway, but it actually can cause water retention and inflammation and things like that. Um, people always ask me, can I see my chiropractor, my massage therapist, yada, yada, totally fine. Try to do it before Wednesday because those things, so let's assume your show was on a Saturday, which most are. So try to do it before Wednesday. Um, simply because, you know, massages can, again, we're releasing, you know, uh, you know, lymphatic massages and there's, you know, release, there's water and some, you know, we can get a little right. water retention under the skin. So we want to just not have those things. Um, if you're going to wax, uh, make sure this is not the first time you've ever waxed. Do not make the first time you've ever had a wax during peak week. That's the bad, it's a bad idea. Right. Test it out months in advance, see how your body responds to it. Um, if, uh, if you're, uh, you know, a frequent waxer, then just get your waxing done by Wednesday. Again, you want to make sure that the skin is healed and there's no bumps and, you know, open pores and things like that. Um, I usually tell people to get their nails um, and toes done if they're going to by Thursday, because again, you don't want to like, you want to do that the day you're getting your tan, which is usually Friday. Friday right. is when you get your stage tan and all that stuff. So um, yeah, so the, the, I think those are kind of, the basic, right? Like, and then it's like pack, you know, we have a show day packing list. We give mm-hmm. all of our clients, you know, make sure your stuff is all packed up, your suit and your shoes and your, you know, plant, have your meals planned out, which I'll get into that, the nutrition and training part of it. Um, but I think that's kind of, and get as much rest as possible, right? Like mm-hmm. this isn't the week to be taking, <laughs> to be studying for exams or, you right. know, um, now shit happens. And sometimes you just like, for example, God bless Nancy. Let me tell you something. Oh, that woman yeah. is a is 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 a fucking power power force. I she was uh, it was not ideal, but it was the only show like we could do. And she was on vacation with her family that week. And I will tell you, she did amazing. So it was yeah. again was not ideal that she was on vacation that week, but she made it work. She knew she knew what it was going to be like. Um, and then, uh, you know, so that wasn't ideal. So there's lots of traveling back and forth, but she, she did it. And then God bless her, the day of the show, her daughter ended up with appendicitis yeah. and she had to like leave the show early. But, you know, it's just a lot going on. And now we're in, you know, there were four weeks between the shows and not only, you know, did, 
you know, so now we're, we're kind of in between shows and she's having, you know, to move the same daughter, you know, into college and, you know, there's all this other stuff going on. So it's not been ideal, but she, she works with it. So you just have to know what your limits are, right? right? Ideally, you should be resting and relaxing as much as possible, right? It helps to reduce cortisol, helps to reduce mm-hmm. water retention. Um, these are the kinds of things you should be focused on, right? right. And again, that mental practice. We've talked I was going to say the mental, mental preparation of walking the stage 100 <laughs> yep. times in your mind, which yep. there's so much science <clears throat> behind the mental practice being as useful, if not more, than actual physical practice. Oh, absolutely. Because it's perfect practice, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what um, in the, the book that I read um, by Tim Grover, yep. right? And you can prep practice. through mistakes, right? Like all yep. of your what-if scenarios, you can run through those in your head which then makes it much less nerve wracking when you get to the stage. And that's the week, that's the week where those type of activities have to yep. be put, you know, the, the actual competition of it. Right. That's the preparation week for the competition of it because the training and nutrition of it should be well done by then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, posing practice, you know, mental mm-hmm. practice, posing practice, um, those things are all really important <clears throat> during, yeah. uh, during peak week two. Um, so yeah, so those are kind of like the, the things, right. You should do during people. Talk about what everybody actually wants to know the, what's the food look like? What's the training look like on peak week? So, you know, for the client who is ready ahead of time as they should be right. Um, nothing, nothing about food really changes. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for most clients, they can continue to eat the same foods they have been eating just in whatever, you know, macronutrient amounts we're, we're doing that week. So I would say typically for a client who is lean enough and is already prepared, cause I don't manipulate shit if they're not all that lean to begin with, right. Or like quite lean enough. Um, you know, we may do front loading of carbs at the beginning of the week, right? So we might give them a ton of carbs you know, are way more carbs like the weekend before the show. And then we slowly taper them off going into the show. But again, this is where being able to practice this ahead of time is really right. helpful. Um, some people get carved up midweek. Some people get car- back, what we call backloading, which is, you know, they start off low and then they go high before they get on stage. But this is just being able to know the client's physique. So everybody's different. Some may not be manipulated at all. Some may just coast right on into the show. Mm-hmm. Some may carb up early, carb midweek carb late week, you know, it all depends. Um, same thing with water for, for most clients, water stays steady through the, the whole week. There are some, usually my, like my figure clients or a physique client that's super lean. We may do some water manipulation, some sodium manipulation, things like that. Um, you know, as far as, you know, uh, trying to fill out the muscles, the whole point of the week is right. to give full, round muscles, give a super lean sort of paper thin look for figure and physique, you know, a lean, but not too lean look for bikini. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they still take all their normal supplements. They still, um, so now I will say one thing I do ask most of my clients to do, um, is in their last couple weeks leading up to a show, I might ask them to go a little more and I'll use air quotes here, bro. Right. Mm-hmm. And just focus, you know, sometimes I'll ask them to take out dairy. Sometimes I'll ask them to take out like wheat and gluten products just because we know those things, even though if you don't physically feel like you have a reaction, they can cause right. a little inflammation and water retention in some people. Um, so sometimes we'll just take that out just to, 
you know, kind of eliminate any variable with that. <clears throat> Asking them to just, you know, again, stay, but we ask this anyway, right? But stay out of the processed foods, the prepackaged foods, mm -hmm. you know, focus on single ingredient foods, you know, proteins, carbs, fats, mm -hmm. veggies, fruits, those things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I, I know that sounds super unexciting and that's right. probably not what people were expecting or wanted to hear. Right. But that's what it is. There's nothing we don't, right? So now I will say occasionally you know, depending on the client and how their physique reacts to things, right? And things we've practiced. I've had them, you know, maybe not pizza necessarily, but have like a little bit of a junkier kind of meal mm -hmm. the night the night before because we know how their body reacts. This is and this is usually with clients that I've seen and how their body reacts to things. Cause some people are harder to carve up with, you know, just clean foods, right? Sometimes, right? right? So so occasionally, but I wouldn't expect it from most clients. Right. No, I'm not giving you wine. I'm not giving you vodka. Yeah. I'm not trying to make you vascular. It's no. just dumb. Um, so don't ask me for it. Don't ask me for it before you get on stage. Don't ask me for it the night no. before. Um, you will see people backstage. So we'll I mean, we might that. drink it, but you can't. No, 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 you can't. I'm having the pizza and wine. <laughs> you, You're not allowed. Which we actually did to Kelly at one show. Oh, poor Kelly. She came in the next morning to the hotel. She was like, you fucking got pizza? And I we're was eating like, pizza oh, and having, having not beers. We're probably drinking Trulies, Trulies in yeah. our room. And we're like, oh, damn it. We forgot to hide that. We forgot to hide the pizza <laughs> when we asked her to come down for a check-in the next morning. Sorry, Kelly. So we will take care of the pizza and alcohol, not you. <laughs> yeah, you don't get that. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, so you'll see things backstage, right? Like, you'll see people drinking backstage. Look. Don't ask me for alcohol before you get on stage. I'm not that coach. Go right. somewhere else. Um, because I've seen drunk on stage. It's yes. not cute. Um, when you've gone four or five, six months of not drinking any alcohol, mm. why on God's green fucking planet would you do a shot or drink a glass of wine? And, oh, by the way, let me tell you what's going to happen. You might get a little more dry and you might get a little more vascular, but there's way, way safer ways of doing this. Um, your metabolism has slowed significantly. It's adapted yes. to how lean you are and the, the low amounts of food. So you don't have the drinking tolerance you had six right. months ago. Your body can't metabolize it the same way. Um, so it's just a bad idea, right? Like, like I said, I've seen drunk on stage. I mean, there's been stories of people too drunk to come back out to awards. Oh yeah. But not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is that really what you want to do? <laughs> and I've seen people drunk backstage. I see people like doing their shots and drinking their wine. And it's just, I'm just like, you know, it's not, it's not a good look. Like this, yeah. is, this is a fitness competition. Right. And I'm not saying we as fitness people don't ever drink because clearly we do. It's coaching and cocktails. And we talk mm -hmm. about it a lot. But not on show. Okay, what other sport do you know where somebody's gonna fucking do shots before they fucking go out <laughs> on the field or get right. on their horse, right? right? Or you know, or you know, go play golf or you know, professionally, right? Right. Never. Never. What sport do people purposely drink? Do you think Michael Phelps was? I mean, he might have been smoking weed, but yeah. he definitely wasn't taking shots before he jumped in the fucking pool, right? right. So. Yeah. So right. anyway, that's, that's my, that's my thoughts on that. And y'all know I like to drink. So if I'm that adamant about that drinking before you get on stage, there's a reason. No, that's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. It's just it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, so on that, why don't you talk yeah. about show day? Because I think for a lot of people, show day is this mysterious 
mysterious day that mm-hmm. happens, right? And nobody <laughs> knows what happens backstage or how how people how any of that works. It's all like boogity boogity boo. Right, it's all right. great you know, right. magic. It's really not. It's, it's pretty pretty much what you would think. Well, you know, so here, so show day is okay. It's a it's the day to enjoy everything you've yes. worked for this far. The number one thing you got to do on show day is have, have a good fun. Time. Yeah. Have fun. You've put in all the work. Yes. You're going to be nervous. Hopefully it's a nervous excitement and not a nervous, like, why the fuck am I doing this? Cause I hate my life. Right. Right. And if you've had a shitty prep, that's probably how you feel. Um, Oh, one more thing. So before I forget one more really horrible thing that you will never see me do during a peak week on, unless it's absolutely positively necessary, but I've seen coaches do this as a practice. And that's why I'm bringing it up is to make people take um, diuretics and take Uh, laxatives. Yes. Oh God. Diuretics and laxatives. I'm not saying I've never used a diuretic with a client, but I, I, I would say 98% of 99% of the time I will not because again, it has to do with the water, you know, manipulation and all that stuff. And your body actually needs water for carbs to go in the muscles. And so anybody who's like carbon you up without water, it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, scientifically makes no sense. Laxatives. I saw a poor girl oh. who was a posing client who came to me for her last posing session on a Thursday before her show and her coach had made her take laxatives and she couldn't even get through the posing session because she was shitting her brains out. Um, I mean, and, and what is that going to accomplish? Right. That might make the scale number a little exactly. lower. Exactly. That's all that's it's it. going to do. Right. It's all it's going to do. It and it no wasn't sense. that she was constipated. Right. So I have had clients that, you know, the yes, nervous stomach, story. the metabolism slows down and they are so constipated. Like, you know, uh, they've used a suppository like, you know, a, a day before or something because it was just so miserable for them. But, but typically no. Right. Because um, it's so not I, a scale contest. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. So back to show day. So, you know, show day is have fun. It is, we're going to, you know, for our women competitors anyway, we're going to, um, oh, you know what? Let me talk about the Friday before first, because, because okay. that, that leads into, so for most people, um, you know, whether you're using the show tanner or you're doing your own tan, you're slapping on your tan on Friday, right? So, um, you have to shave or nair or ex- uh, whatever to get the fuck hair off your body. Yes. Shave, nair, get all the hair off your body. Thursday, Friday, do a last minute touch up. All the hair. Hair on your arms, hair yeah. on your shoulders, hair your on back. your back, hair on your butt, hair on your stomach, yeah. hair on your legs, hair on your toes, hair on your fingers. Yeah. Don't shave the hair on your head, but shave it all. <laughs> Over your eyebrows. Get your, get your, get the hair off your face. Don't like cut all, bangs. The, all the fuck. Oh, don't cut your bangs. This is a bad time to cut your bangs. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you gotta take the hair off, and here's why. Um, so when you get your spray tan or when you apply tanning products, if you have even the little baby hairs that you don't think you have that you don't really see, the tan will stick to the baby hairs and not your skin. So it doesn't mm-hmm. adhere to your skin as well. So that's why we get all the hair off. Um, <clears throat> it's not gonna grow back thicker. It's not gonna grow back faster. <laughs> Just fucking shave your shit off. Just sh- shut up and shave. Shut up and fucking shave. Um, everything. Right. When I say everything, enlist your husband, brother, mother, son, whoever, shave your back if you can't reach it. Shave everything. Yeah. Um, so that's Thursday, Friday. On Friday, you're going to take your last shower, right? You've been exfoliating all week. Yes, you are going to be funky as hell mm-hmm. on Saturday. I did say your last shower on Friday. 
no deodorant, no tan, uh, no lotions, no nothing. Um, you're going to go to get your spray tan or apply your own tan. You're going to be, your skin's going to be dry as fuck. You're going to be freezing cold. Um, but yes, don't put anything on. Everybody stinks. I always say, and I feel, so everybody in Europe, I apologize because it, it is meant to be a joke, but it's like, it's like Europe. Nobody showers. Everybody, right. right? And you don't put um, deodorant on because your armpits will turn green. Yes. No deodorant. That's and, why. It's not to stink. It's because there'll be a chemical reaction yes, with the tanner. Yes. It changes the, PA, the pH and you want to avoid that. Um, so yeah, so you're going to go get your spray tan. Like for most people, you're going to be standing um, around with other people. Usually mm-hmm. of the same sex. They don't usually mix men and women, right? But so you're there's not stay, a lot of clothing. Right? You're gonna be you're gonna be naked. You're right. gonna get into the tanning tent naked in front of somebody you've never met before, and they're gonna spray tan you. It's really cold. Really, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really cold. You have no body fat to begin with, and it's just and the, the spray tan is really fucking cold. And here's the thing: it's gonna be super dark. You're gonna be darker than you've ever yeah. been in your life, whether you're uh, somebody, you know, you're you already have melanin in your skin or you're as pale as me, yeah. you're going to come out looking like unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Either. So if you, if you text me, you're like, Oh my God, it's too dark. It means you're probably still not dark enough. Right. right? <laughs> um, so that, you know, usually the darker, the better. Um, so yeah, so you get your spray tan, you got to dry a little bit. It takes, you know, eh, the whole process takes about an hour or so. Um, you know, you put on loose fitting clothes mm-hmm. that, you know, again, tanners all have their, so listen to what your tanner tells you, because there are some tanning products, believe it or not, that you can't wear red because it interacts with the chemicals and the, so you have, you know, so they're like, don't wear anything red with this, this product. Yeah. So just listen to your tanner, right? Like whether or not they want you to have like satin, satin or cotton or whatever, because all the products are different and every tanning folks have their different roles. Um, so now comes the complicated part. Don't go anywhere near water. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. So water. Like you're a gremlin. Is yep. that gremlin? Oh, that's sunlight. Yes. No, they, you can't, you, they can't have water either. No water either. Okay. Yeah, no water. Um, so stay away from water. Stay away from your pets. If your pets can't stay yes. off of you, stay in the hotel. Stay away from your husband your if he can't stay, stay off husband. of you. Yes, all of that. Oh my God, funny story. I know what story you're going to tell. <laughs> Eric, no, Eric had a client. Eric had a client that was like, can I, can I, like literally asked, like, can I have sex? Like on like the Friday night, because like his girlfriend wouldn't wouldn't have it if whatever, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but he's like, no. And why would you want to, right? Like, it's just like, no. I thought you were going to tell the story about the girl who came in for touch-up tan Saturday and had handprints on the back of her legs. Well, that was, so I've had clients that, so that have come in with handprints, but not because of sex, but because that's how they slept and they didn't sleep with their clothes on and they ended up with handprints and footprints and all kinds well, of things. Well, maybe it wasn't you that told me the story. It might not have been me. Because I don't, of sex. I don't, oh, yeah, that wasn't then, me. So speaking of awkward things, peeing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's so, so again, speaking of staying away from water, right? Um, so we used to, so there, you know, there's these things called sheenuses, like they're super popular now. I think we were like some of the first people to start using them and now everybody does. Um, but it's basically like this little funnel. We, you know, say, save your tan, pee like a man. You can stand up and you can stand up and pee and they're great for camping and right. other shit like that. Um, but you know, we used to give those to clients. I found there were like clients just couldn't seem to handle it. And there were lots of accidents and like people were peeing down their legs and all this stuff. So, so I stopped. <laughs> Seriously, clients just could not like they, the coordination. 
if you use one, you really do have to be, so you have your sheetus in one hand. If you guys could see me, you have your sheetus in one hand, you have your toilet paper in the other. You're going to stand over the toilet, practice with this thing beforehand, by the way. Uh, Don't wait until you have a tan to do it. Um, but as soon as you're done with the sheetus, you got to like with the toilet paper to wipe because otherwise you're going to end up with right. on your leg. Um, don't sit on the toilet to pee for two reasons. One, you're going to leave tanner all over your seat. And two, um, when you pee, you splash and mm-hmm. you will splash onto your legs. So what's the other solution? So what I've come up with, what I tell clients more often now is get a red solo cup mm-hmm. or a gray one. I don't fucking care what color. Whatever color you want. Whatever fucking color, plastic cup you want. Not a Dixie cup. It's not big enough. Because <laughs> I've had clients who are like, oh yeah, the Dixie cup. I'm like, not Dixie no. cup. Red solo cup. You know, <laughs> 10, 11 ounces. Um, and, and pee into that, right? Kind of like you would if you were doing a urinalysis mm-hmm. you know, at a doctor's office or something, right? Hold it right up under there. Squat over the toilet. Pee into the cup. Get, have the toilet paper ready. Wipe the pee. And then dump the pee in the toilet. You can reuse the same cup. Just rinse it out. Nobody cares. Just don't drink out of it. Don't get your cup. Yeah. And drink out of the cup. But it's also um, like $2 for 50 cups. So you can splurge. You could. You can totally <laughs> splurge and use a different cup every time you pee. Um, but yeah. And, and then inevitably things happen and people trickle anyway because they, they either don't listen or they're not prepared or, or what have you. Um, and don't worry, the tanners can usually, you know, touch up your tan the next day. Um, you know, so not, not a huge deal. Um, as far as sleeping, right? So that's peeing. Um, well, I guess we should talk about pooping. <laughs> yeah. So one solution, and actually it was, a uh, my client Madeline that gave me this, um, this idea. Um, she said, uh, so that you don't get, uh, stains on your toilet, right at home, mm-hmm. or if you're staying in a hotel room, bring some tinfoil. Yes. Your toilet seat. And actually a lot of shows do this mm-hmm. now in the public yep. restrooms because yep. fucking people can't stay off the toilets and they ruin them. Um, so then you can sit on the tinfoil and, yes. or even like saran wrap would probably work too. Um, and you're not ruining your toilet and you can actually sit on the seat. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Oh, no, actually the thing that Madeline said that I thought was brilliant, I had never thought of was so that if your poop plops, you don't want it to splash. So she put toilet paper in the toilet it- first to soften the poop blow. Yeah, just don't clog your toilet. No, 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 no. Don't put, like, no paper towels. Like, don't do not do that. But she said if you put toilet paper kind of in it first, it will soften the blow of the poop. So there's a thought. Yeah, so you have to manage, yeah, what your poop situation is. The- <laughs> <laughs> you got to understand your, your poop and then, which my clients should because we talk about poop on the regular. Um, so that's peeing and pooping, um, sleeping. All right, look, if you're staying in a hotel, bring your own sheets. Do not ruin the hotel's white sheets. Plus, you might get charged for it um, because you know everything in a goddamn hotel is white, right? So bring your Mm -hmm. own sheets, bring your own towels, have some respect. Um, And bring your own pillowcase, all of that stuff. Um, But you need to sleep with clothes on. You cannot sleep naked. You have to sleep long sleeve, long pants, loose fitting, um, no... um, no elastic banded waist, usually things that button up the front, like p- pajamas, like what you would look at, you know, men's pajamas, even mm-hmm. like the button down the front and drawstring waist kind of thing, real loose fitting, sleep in those so that you don't end up, cause skin on skin contact is really bad for the tan. Mm-hmm. So you end up with creases, you know, you'll end up with like, again, the handprint, the footprint, right. the, you know, whatever. Um, and don't worry, there's no perfect tan on show day to begin with. So right. if you're a little splotchy, if you sweat overnight, I mean, try not to sweat, keep the room 
it's, it's hard because you're freezing, but you don't want to sweat. And right. so sleeping the night before can be really difficult because you're kind of like laying stiff as a board. Like, and if you guys could see me, it's like arms and legs right. out, like, you know, stretched out in the bed and you can't really sleep. So kick your husband out of the bed, get the bed to yourself. Don't let the dog sleep with you. Um, and try to keep yourself cool so you don't sweat. But if you do, don't worry. The tanners can usually fix it the next day. Well, and what most people might be gathering at this point is peak week and show day, the most challenging part for a lot of people is the tanning situation. That yeah. really kind of takes over a, a lot of your energy. It really and does. focus. Friday and, into Saturday. And people complain the most, like when you say like, what was the worst part? The tanning. Yeah. Is, is often what they... Yeah what clients say it's so, it, yeah look i'm sitting here with self tanner on right now because as we spoke right like i slap it on every friday just so i can look halfway decent all the weekend but um right like i have like a i have a towel behind me so my white chair right. doesn't get it and i'm just like and i know i'm probably rubbing some of the tan off because i'm sitting here so you're you're just like and this is just right. basic like slept on self tanner so um so anyway so that's sleeping so the next so now we're finally to show day right so they've made right? it through the night and now Woo! it's show day <laughs> made it through the night and then right so for me as a coach i'm usually asking you to send me pictures first thing in the oh that's another thing during peak week so for me as a coach you're usually sending me pictures at least four or five times that week if not mm -hmm. every day if not morning and night i've had clients that need to send me pictures first thing in the morning and then at night i want to see how they look pre-fed. I want to see how they look after fed. So again, depends on the client. Don't freak out if I don't ask you for a hundred pictures, but right. also be prepared. <clears throat> Make sure there's time in your day to give me a hundred pictures if I need them. Um, so yeah, so it's usually you get up, you, you know, again, this is going to depend on your show schedule, but usually up pretty early because you didn't fucking sleep anyway. <laughs> um, you know, yes, my, my clients can always have coffee. Like I'm not trying to tell somebody that can't have coffee and have a raging headache all day. Right. Yes. Water you there. Um, you're going to eat your food. Um, but you know, now starts the fun part, right? So for women, so men, they don't have as much man, you, you tan, you might style your hair and then you go get your tan touch up and you, you jump on stage and you're, you're good. Um, for women, we get to get glammed up, right? Yeah. So it's the hair, by the way, for hair, just real quick does tend to style better dirty. Plus you can't wash your hair the next morning because you can't get near water. Right. So wash your hair the previous day, have a plan for your hair, whether you're doing it yourself or somebody else is doing it. Um, you know, makeup. So this is when you're going to use the, you know, a professional makeup artist is always a great idea. Somebody who has experience with um, show makeup, mm -hmm. right? Cause it's, um, if you have experience with stage makeup, that's great. If you're, you know, if you're kind of into makeup yourself, awesome. Do it. It's not normal makeup. It's not normal makeup. It is drag queen yes. makeup, right? So you're going to look like an Oompa Loompa because your body's all kinds of crazy tan. Um, mm -hmm. So you're going to have to make sure you have the right color foundation. White people are going to have to use, you know, darker skin mm -hmm. for, you know, foundation for darker skin. So, you know, you got to have all that prepared, which is why it's nice to use a makeup artist because then you're not having to worry about those things. Um, fake lashes, all the glam and the eyeshadow, um, you Eye know, lashes. Eye, you know, lashes, um, you know, that's the fun part. And you know, what's really interesting, Brandy, is that I've had some clients absolutely hate the stage makeup because they're very, um, yeah, I don't want to call them plain cause that that's wrong. Um, they're very minimal with their makeup. Right. They never wear makeup. And they feel like they look like a clown. Well, I think Angie 
in November when she competed says the first time she's ever had makeup on or you make up to, I think it was maybe make up to that. Maybe. Um, it was, I might be getting it, forgetting, but somebody was like the first time they'd ever put on. Yeah. Makeup. I remember, I remember you, I, I remember that, but I can't remember if it was Angie or not. I feel like, she, no, I know I've seen her with makeup on before. Um, but anyway, anyway. Yeah. So some people hate it because they feel not, you know, I could, t- I can like see the disappointment in their face. Like they're just terrified of right. having makeup on that's this dark, but trust me on stage, you have to have really bold makeup because mm-hmm. under the stage lights, You're and this so is why, also why you have the tan, um, is, which is also why even people who already have melanin in their skin, right? So darker skin people still have to tan because under the stage lights, you will get washed out or look ashy or look green or all kinds of other weird. And, you know, you can look up pictures of people on stage without tans or makeup. Oh, right? yeah. You'll and, see it. It's not you know, and you don't have eyes. Yeah. No, you don't have eyes or lips. Yep. Right. Yep. It's not, it's not a good look. So. Nope. Um, so yeah. So let a professional do it if you can. Otherwise make sure you're really good at it. Practice ahead of time. Um, so tear makeup, you're going to do a tan touch up. Right. So. Um, and then depending on then, right, here's the biggest thing about show day. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of patience. Take right. a huge dose of patience. The very best run shows are never on a hundred percent on time. Of when Except they for ours. We pretty much stayed a hundred percent of the time. I mean, every time. I mean, yeah. Like within five minutes. We really but, did. I mean, but those days are over. So now you got to. Those do- days are over. So now you got to deal with other people. <laughs> Um, it is what it is. And especially (laughs) now, right? So this year in particular, nobody, there isn't a single promoter that's ever had to deal with this bullshit that we got going on with social distancing and masks and everything else. Everybody needs to be cool. Be cool. Take a huge dose of patience. You're like, be kind to people. Everybody's stressed out, including the promoters and the tanners and every, because everybody's trying to, you know, adhere to the restrictions and stuff. So don't be a douche because you're tired and hungry and yeah. feel like an asshole. Everybody's an asshole in the same situation. Yeah, don't be an asshole to people. Um, yeah, so then it's, you know, you get to the venue and when it's time for you to check in and, um, it, oh, I forgot one thing. So the Friday before for people doing mm-hmm. natural bodybuilding competitions, you also have to polygraph for many of them, right? Some mm-hmm. of the natural drug tested shows you have to polygraph for, some you don't. Um, so be prepared for that. Um, for the shows that you have to polygraph, schedule your polygraph before your tan if you can, so that yeah. you don't have to strap around you after your tan. But that's that. And and in most shows, you're checking in the day before too. You're getting your mm-hmm. numbers and your goodie bags and all of that stuff. Um, so then back to Saturday. So now we're at the show. Um, you know, and depending on how the show is set up, right? You you got you're gonna be backstage. Um, you're gonna get bikini bite, which is the thing to keep your suit in place, not for you guys. Unless you're in bodybuilding, bodybuilder guys, you may still need the bikini bite for it to keep your suit in place, but most don't. Um, but for women, to keep their suit from becoming a thong, um, we do that. And then, you know, a little sheen sometimes from, you know, either the tanning people or we'll do it ourselves. Um, you listen to the expediter when he tells mm-hmm. you it's time for you to line up and get on. So the, ex- the ex- yeah, the expediter is the guy backstage who's guy or telling you what, mm-hmm. what class is coming up, if you're on deck, when you're lining up. Yep. Pay so, attention. And right. And I mean, just for people who are first timers and nervous, there is like, you don't have to figure it out on your own. Right. You know, there's people running the show. You just have to listen. Like, you know, don't stress out that you're going to miss your class. as long Unless as you're, you're running around and not where you're supposed to be. So, so right, where that happens. Right. And if you want to piss off 
an expediter <laughs> and show promoter. Let them try to find you. Right. Be chasing down number, you mm-hmm. know, 74 all over the fucking venue. Mm-hmm. So stay backstage, do what you're supposed to do. And yep. it, they'll make it easy for you. Oh, absolutely. Most, most of the shows we go to, I mean, the expediters are like just fucking phenomenal and you know they'll answer questions they'll help you um i work with i know every show we go to like i'm working i'm helping the expediter myself with like trying to make sure my clients are you mm-hmm. know where they're supposed to be um but yeah so and then everybody wants to know oh the pump you know the pump up treat right, right. everybody so i would say you know a hundred percent of our clients get some kind of pump up treat everybody's right. pump up is a little different like for some people like with Anne marie um because she's so muscular in her upper body. I actually sort of just had her pump up her shoulders, but we weren't trying to make her biceps bigger. We weren't trying to, you know, we weren't trying to like, so everybody's pump ups can be a little different. Um, But, you know, I do pump up treat for a number of reasons. One, there, there is like, we are doing this glycogen and sodium and sometimes fat and uh, water and Gatorade or coconut water, the electrolytes, you know, and it's like, have that about 30 minutes before you get on stage and, and literally pump up, right? Not a full workout, just pump up. Cause that's going to help to get the nutrients into the, the muscles, which is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the muscles look nice and full before you get on stage. The other part of it, it's sort of like a this right of rite path. of passage. That's yes. exactly right, right? Yes. It's just kind of like this. It may, you feel it's fun. Um, it's probably the worst, the first Reese's cup you've had in right. like or months. Bears or, or for Patty. It, God, do you remember how much she talked about the Kit Kats? Right. At the retreat? Yes. Well, everybody, like whatever their thing is, like Indian, it was gummy bears, wasn't it? Right. And I think poor Indy, I think I finished off her gummy bears. Well, I know. Her. We ate more gummy bears. Than I she was like, said. gummy bears, give me those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, your coach needs some too. You don't need I all these gummy bears for your pump. But it becomes like a thing, right? It, it, it becomes like a, a thing and kind of like your stylistic, yeah. um, I don't know. It, it becomes for me, really fun. For me, when I competed in the fall, it was always you know, candy corns, Ugh, always like, candy eh. corns when I competed in the fall. Um, but yeah, so everybody has their thing and it, you know, it gives you just like this mental, emotional, physical boost, right? There's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, so you have that and then you wait about 30 minutes or so, and then you're probably getting on stage for the first time, right. whatever your class is. And, um, if you're a brand new competitor, if you've never stepped on stage before, it's going to feel like forever and a blink of an eye all in the same moment. Right. And you're going to get off stage and you'll be like, what? Right. What did I just do? You're not right. probably won't remember it. You're gonna be scared. Exactly shitless. right. Um, you know, so I, I encourage my clients, especially my new ones, to um to do as many classes as yes. as they feel capable, you know, if they can afford it, you know, because it does get expensive. Yeah. But you you know, three-ish. Most people two do two, two to four, to but three, three yeah. is average, right? right. Like because four can get really fucking exhausting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get that stage time, right? So if you're a new competitor, you're probably gonna go on it for debut first. Mm-hmm. And then novice second, and then mm-hmm. usually masters, and then usually open, right? Right. So you kind of qualify for all of them. You know, by the time you get to open, you're like, shit. Like, I whatever. Got, I'm a pro by now. Well, then you can start to enjoy it, too. Then yep. you can look out in the crowd, and you can hear your kids going, you know, hey, mom. And you yep. can, because like you said, most likely your first class, you will not remember anything, unless you're like a very comfortable stage performer, right? right. Which is not, which is far and few between. But right. most people it's uncomfortable and scary to get on stage like that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or really it's actually not as uncomfortable and scary to do it. It's the anticipation of it. That yep. is scary. Yep. Once you do it the second, third, fourth time, you're like, well, like, 
whatever. You now know. you know what to expect. Now you know what to expect, and it was fun. And yeah, of not you don't know what to expect till you do it. Right. Um, right. So then, so you do all the judging, right? Usually, and then um, depending on the format of the show, then there's some form of stage walk or routine that you get to do. That's for fun. Most of them don't judge it. Some do, but most don't anymore. Um, and then, um, then you get your awards, right? So usually just the top five get their awards. Mm -hmm. So if there was only so five. So there's a call out. Yeah. Yeah. There's only five in your class. Everybody gets, everybody, everybody gets prize. Um, and you know, and like, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. It does kind of suck if there's six or seven in the class because only five get called back. Yeah. And it, it super sucks if you're the sixth or seventh. Right. And you're standing call. backstage as everybody, but it happens to most people or it probably at some should. point it should anyway at some point yep. at, at, you know any good competitor should experience not winning yes so let's talk about the flip side of that the pro cards oh because geez. even oh, you know the other whenever when did we decide that was august 8th they stream the show which mm -hmm. i think we talked about this last week it was a great learning tool for a lot of people and i had a bunch of clients emailing and texting me watching it live asking questions. Guess what the number one question I got that day was? What? Well, where do they win the pro cards? Well, she won, did she get her pro card? Well, I don't, are they handing out the pro cards? How do they uh, get the pro cards? Fucking pro cards. And that, Shut the fuck up about pro cards, right. people. But it's real. And it really does eclipse a lot of the other aspects of what you're trying to do out there. So Explain what a pro card is, how one gets one, <laughs> and when one to? should be worried about it. I hate pro cards. I don't like them. I don't like just, <laughs> I hate the type of term because it drives people in the wrong direction. It drives people to focus on the wrong goddamn thing. Listen, look, if you're a new competitor, if you've been competing for two or less seasons, I'm going to go so far as to say three or less seasons. Four or less shows. Well, whatever you want to put. Stop fucking talking. Don't even, I, honestly, I don't even want to have a conversation. Right. right? Like, stop talking about, I'm going from a pro card. And if you tell me you, you want your pro card in your first fucking show, I want to smack the shit out of you. I adore all of you clients that are listening. Who have done it. <laughs> because you've all done it. Because many of you have done it. And look, I, I lovingly want to beat the shit out of you. Because you know how much we talk about this. But what is a pro card? Okay. So, um, for most shows, typically, um, so... You will usually only have pro cards even offered at, for a master's class or open classes, right? So there's no pro for debut and novice mm -hmm. for, for what I believe is obvious reasons because those are sort of the really, the kind of beginner classes, right? right? The newbie classes. Um, when you get into master's and open, that's when you have pro cards that are offered. Um, for most shows, um, there has to be a certain number of competitors for them to offer a pro card, right? So if you're the only one that shows up that day, they may not even offer the pro card. There usually has to be like five people. Again, for obvious reasons. Right. Because you want to have some competition. You shouldn't just get your pro card if you're the yeah, only one. Because the stage. point of it is that you have excelled beyond the other competition. Exactly. Right. <laughs> So what all a pro card actually is, is it gives you the ability to then go compete as a pro because prior to that, you're competing as an amateur. Mm -hmm. So it gives you the opportunity to compete as a pro, which means you can then compete for cash. Mm -hmm. But let me be very, very clear. It is not a lot of cash, right? right. It's barely going to be enough to cover the cost of your suit, right? right. If that, um, and it depends on the show and how much cash you can win. And here is my biggest caution and the reason why everybody should lay off wanting a fucking pro card 
if you are a good competitor and you compete, you know, in five or six shows and you're always in the top five, maybe even in the top three. So you're kind of at the top of your amateur class, right? You're, you're a good competitor. If that, I mean, you're, you're, you're a solid competitor. And I'll use myself as, as an example, because I was always in the top one, two, three in overalls and I lost and I lost and I lost mm-hmm. and I lost. It took me six years to get my open pro card. Um, so while I did get pro card focused at one point, because I had at that point been working six years. So at that point, I'm like, I fucking, right. Right. When I get this shit, I fucking deserve it. Cause I've earned it. Right. Like I've put in the, I've put in the time I've put in the stage time. Do you want to know what happened the very first time I competed as a pro? You know what? I came in like ninth. Right. Out of 11. Right. Be- so that's so exactly I started right. over at the fucking right. bottom. So don't be in a hurry. Be a great amateur. Right. Right. Be a great amateur. Enjoy first and second and losing in the overall and, and just enjoy being at the top of your game if you're a good competitor. Right. Because you, if you've only competed in a show or two and you're, and you're a good competitor, that doesn't make you qualified to compete as a pro. Earning a pro card right. does not qualify you to compete as a pro. It is a whole nother level. Well, yeah, you're going to start over you at the bottom. Doesn't mean you're going to be competitive as a pro. Right. Qualified. So this goes to the just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right? Like you really have to look at, okay, I earned my pro card today. Who did I earn my pro card against? What the level of competition look like? Right? So am I really, yeah, I earned it because I was the best that day. But do I am I really qualified to compete as a pro? Let me go look at pro competition and see, do I really stack up against that? Or do I need another couple of years, right? To do right. um, to, to really make, make the improvements. Um, so that's why I want everybody to stop being in such a rush to, you know, enjoy. If you're, if, if you're a mediocre competitor, you know, take the time and earn it, right? Like make the improvements show after show and, and work your way up in the, you know, the ranks. If you're a great competitor right from the get-go because you, you have the physique and you have all of these things, enjoy being at the top of your mm-hmm. amateur game, show right. after show after show, right? And when you do finally win that pro card, then it's going to be sweeter because you weren't just, it wasn't just given to you. It's going to be very hard earned. And, and if you wait, you know, six years to get it, then you, you damn sure qualified to get on a pro stage at that point. Right. But, right. but you also have to expect that you're starting over at the bottom, yep. right? Like every, everybody is now on an equal playing ground, right? right. Everybody in a pro show has won their right. entire show. Right. So, right. so anyway, um, so did that, enough of an explanation about the goddamn pro cards i mean i think that's important and where pro cards kind of got off track is when shows started getting very small and so many organizations and people started handing out pro cards like Like tic tacs right so everybody's got one it's not Mm -hmm. really the qualification into the pros that it used to be it's not as prestigious as it used to be and that's why everybody wants one right like it's like right when i was coming up in the sport I mean, yeah, you, you worked your ass off, right? But there was, there wasn't, I never heard anybody going into mm-hmm. their first, second shows be like, I'm going to get a pro card. Never. You know, and you never saw but anybody go into their first show and get a pro card. Like, it was just like, like, it's just not what we talked about. Like, it's right. just not, like, wasn't a thing. And now it's right. all anybody talks about because it's, look, if you're, 
the only thing I think a pro, I mean, yeah, it's okay. It's like a, the sense of accomplishment. That's great. But if you're like the average person working in an office environment and you do this as a sport or a hobby on the side, nobody fucking cares if you get a pro card. Like right. that doesn't advance you in your career. If you're a personal trainer or, you know, something like that, yeah, might like be like, oh, I'm this pro or whatever. And so maybe that helps boost your business a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I want people to not focus on that right. as, yes, it is, look, it's a good goal to have. We're competitive people. We're not doing this shit just to do it, right? I mean, most of our clients aren't. We're not doing that. Do I, as a coach, love for my clients to get pro cards? Absolutely. Um, but I will also say that when I have a client, look, I had to have this conversation um, after the show because Amory won everything except the Open. She came in second in her Open class. And at that show, they were actually, they made it a super pro qualifier. So the first place winners of each class were getting pro cards, not just the overall. Mm -hmm. And she had swept everything until then, right? She even earned her master's pro card. Um, so this was her first show, but she couldn't understand why she didn't win you know, she plays second in her open, which is still really fucking good for right. your first show. Um, but look, what I, my, what I say is as a coach, of course I would love to have a client sweep a show and win everything in the first show. That makes me look like a really fucking good coach. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also secretly don't want them to right. because I need, I want, I need, I, I hope for our clients to have something to fight for, right? right. Like you, you, to, to just that hunger, you know, keep that hunger and don't get a fucking big head. Cause even some of our wonderful clients, people get big, big fucking heads, right? Well, I want everything. And then you expect you're just going to win, right? Right. Because the reality is just because you want everything at this show doesn't mean you're going to go into your next show and even place in the top five. Right. Right. So, so this kind of goes into placements in general, right? right. So, you know, I, I call it on any given Sunday, right? So on any given stage, right? It's a different set of competitors with you. It's a different set of judges. It's a different stage. It's a different stage lighting. It's a different environment. You got a different tan. You had you, your diet might have been a little different. Everything's different. And who, who else showed up that day? Every everybody's everything about it's different. So you can't assume that because you won everything in a show four weeks before that you're going to win everything in the right. next show because you can't, it's like apples and oranges, right? right. You, you, you had apples on show number one and now you're dealing with oranges and mm -hmm. you know, maybe you looked great against apples, but you don't look as great against oranges or the judges in the second show wanted apples and you showed up as an orange. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. You like that? Do you like how, how'd that go? Exactly right. uh, I think that was really good. Um, but the point is right. Like you can't even, I've had conversations with clients about, um, thinking they did right. So they play second in this show and then they got fourth or fifth in the second show. And that somehow means they did worse. Right. And it's, it's like, no, you, you, you literally cannot compare because you're right. on a, a different stage with different competitors and your look changes based on the competitors you're up against. And it's a very subjective sport. Right. And I can't say this enough. So I'll tell you the hardest thing I've had to explain to clients who saw them compete weeks ago, right. Is, I don't understand why Nancy plays fourth. I don't, she should have placed, but I don't understand why this, and I don't understand why that. And even, you know, Nancy and I have had the conversation. I also don't understand why Nancy yeah. plays fourth, right? Honestly, I think I would have had her in third. I could have made an argument for second, but I would not have been upset about third. 
Um, right? We got judges feedback. We, I, you know, she was, she did not get all fourth placements. There, there were some judges that had her in third as I expected. Right. Um, but it also comes down to subjectivity of right. the eye of the beholder. We talked about that in uh, the podcast where we talked about beauties in the eye mm -hmm. of the beholder and those who judge you. Right. So I think that was like three podcasts ago. Yeah. Um, so you have to understand that, you know, that intrinsic bias comes into play. And in many ways, it's a judgment call by as somebody who was a human being with human bias, right. and all this stuff. Um, so it's nothing against you. And look, you and I know that goddamn show last November yep, when, when they 100% fucked up the, the well, score. That was, there, yeah, that was multiple problems there. But you can't, and it's the hardest thing as a coach, you will agree. It is the hardest thing as a coach to try to explain to somebody when you can't explain it, right? There is zero mm -hmm. explanation. I can't make an argument for why you place the way that you did. Because look, yes, sometimes I have to step away from my own bias because I'm their coach and, and have a hard conversation to be honest, be like, you know, and really step back from it. Sometimes I have to wait like a couple days because I get emotional about looking at it too. And sometimes I have to wait a couple days and I go back and look at pictures and I go, okay, like I can see, I can see, right. I don't agree with it, but I can see, see right. How got there. Um, and sometimes you just can't. And it's right. the hardest thing as a coach, because I feel like, like how many times I've quit after shows coaching because I'm like, right. clearly I don't like, look, I'm throwing my hands up right now. Cause this is how I feel. Brandy has seen it. Clearly I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. So fuck it. I'm never going to coach again. Cause I don't know what the fuck just happened here. I quit. Right. I can't right. explain it to my client. And then all I can say is, I don't know, shrug my shoulders, shit happens. I got fucking nothing for you. I got no right. idea why you place that way. None whatsoever. Right. Right. So that's the reality of it. That is the reality of the sport. And, and that's the reality of a sport that's unregulated, right? Yeah. So there aren't, there aren't universal judging standards. There isn't nope. a committee that you can then send a review to. No. Right? There's none of the normal no. things that you typically are probably used to in regulated sports yep. that makes the subjectivity even more extreme because there's no accountability. So, and I'm not saying the judges aren't down there doing the best job that they can. Absolutely. Most judges are, are absolutely doing it. Look, judges don't get paid a shit ton of money if they get paid at all. Most right. of them are sort of volunteering their time. They do it because they love it. Not, there's not a single judge in there that wants to mark you down Stop with the politics because, okay, so let me address that real quick because mm -hmm. I will tell you, I've sat, on a lot, I've sat on a lot of judging panels and never once has anybody said to me, encouraged me or otherwise mm -hmm. to vote a particular way for a particular client, right? Right. Let's also address the fact that sometimes judges have clients on stage. It happens. Um, it, it shouldn't happen that much, but sometimes it happens. Here's the other thing. You got seven, five to seven judges. All right. What if? What if all seven of them have a client on stage? How the fuck are you going to call politics? Did, did judge right. number seven tell all the other judges to vote right. for his client None when they also had happening. clients? That shit None doesn't happen. That is happening. It's never happened ever once. Um, so no, it's, it's, all, it's all based on bias and subjectivity. It has nothing to do with politics, at least not in right. that respect. Right. So, so let's just leave that out of the conversation. What else? Yeah. Nope. I, so I mean, you get your award and you go home. Yeah. You get your award and you go home. <laughs> you go home. You go home and then, and then you're done. Um, 
but yeah, it's, you know, some people are going to get an award and some people aren't. Um, you're, some people are going to do better than they expect. Some people are not going to do as well as they expect. Some people have no expectations and, and are just happy to be there and, and, and do what they're doing to, um, but no matter what it has to be, you know, I, corny, I know it sounds corny, but it absolutely has to be about making yourself the very best you can yes. be on that day. That's absolutely all you can control. Right. That is it, it. Right. And if you are, yeah, if you don't have that in focus, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Absolutely. Because there's You'll have so a much. Absolutely. You're going to be mad. You're going to cry. You're going to kick and scream. I've done it. You can come off stage thinking, you know, I was the shit and I wanted it more. No, you don't. Nobody wants it more. Everybody's trained hard, right? Like everybody. Well, yeah. No, not to cut you off. Although I No, please do because I, I tend to rattle on and I cut people off all the time. So feel free to cut me off. <laughs> so I think that is the last piece of this and then we'll stop rambling is there is a matter of sportsmanship and backstage you will see some very shitty <gasps> sportsmanship. You'll oh, see it out of your fellow athletes. You'll see it out of coaches. You will see a lot of bullshit. Bad and, behavior. And at the end of the day, like when you go home and other people are telling the story about the show, think about what story they want to tell about you, right? Like most of our clients, in fact, in the November show, um, you know, clients who didn't do as well as they thought they should have and got robbed went up and congratulated the winners, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. go up, just be happy. Like everybody's there trying to do something positive. Yep. Be, be a good sportsman, be a positive, leave a positive legacy on the show, leave a positive legacy for yourself in that show. Yep. There's going to be negativity. There's going to be bullshit. There's going to be, I mean, there's nastiness occasionally, few and far between. Mm -hmm. but certainly not out of any of our clients. Nope. I mean, not that I have been at, and I, it would be unacceptable to me 100%. You congratulate the other people, you congratulate the other coaches, even if you disagree, yep. right? Because we're all grown-ups here. And if you have a problem, you take it up with the promoter after you've had a chance to think about it. Right. Or you reach out to the judges for feedback, right? right? You don't go scream at the judges at the judges table right. or have that happen. Yep. Don't let your coach, mother, brother, father, husband, no. or anybody come yell at the, co at the judges uh, uh, right. after the show. Um, don't pout on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, you fucking keep that fucking smile on your face. Like no. you are so happy you got fucking fifth place, even though you thought right. for sure you were going to get first place because everybody told you were going to get first place because a lot of people love you. And they're like, yeah, you got this. You got this, even though you don't. Right. right? So, or even if you got flat out robbed, robbed, because I'll tell you what, the only thing people remember from that show, they might, might not remember shit else. They'll remember you up there being an asshole. Yep. They will not remember a thing else that happened. But the person that went up there, had a sour puss look, acted like a dickhead, that's what everybody will remember. And that's and, what you're trying to accomplish. And remember, this is actually, you know, the sport of bodybuilding is kind of a small world. Oh, for right? sure. That you will inevitably will you. run into the same a judge or two that was on that panel, right? And remember, when we're talking about bias and subjectivity, you do not want that right. judge to have formed a negative opinion of yep. you intrinsically or otherwise, right. because you just, right. You want to, 
because it happens, right? You're just like, fucking that person was a fucking asshole. Screamed at me after the last show, right? right. As much as I would like to give you first place, you're an asshole. So here's second, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, like I mean, that's a human reaction. And frankly, if you were an asshole, you probably deserve to have that held right. against you. Exactly. So be a good sportsman mm-hmm. above all else. Like, honestly, if you wouldn't accept it out of your kindergartner on her soccer team, don't, mm. don't behave that way yourself. And yep. if other people are behaving that way, walk away. Yep. I've seen people throw trophies. Oh, yep. I've seen people put their trophies in the trash. I've seen coaches behaving horribly. And then, Um, and, and don't, and that uh, carries out the next day on Facebook. Yep. Or that night. Or that night or any ever, anytime ever on Facebook. Nope. You don't need an airing of public grievances. Nope. Grow up. Yep. Because again, small world, people see it. And then you look like the asshole. You look like, yep. yes. The, and so nobody you know. ever forgets that, right? Nope. Like you can be awesome 1,000 times. And the one time you act like that, that will follow you forever. Yes. So don't. Just yep. don't. Yep. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Bad sportsmanship absolutely carries to Facebook later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I think the very last thing, I'm just going to touch on it briefly, because I think we'll just talk about it more when we get into like the reverse stuff when we yeah. talk uh, on the next podcast is like, you know, the whole post-show thing, mm-hmm. right? So, because um, we're still talking about show day here. So look, it is not the show being over, whether you have another show or you don't have another show is not a license to go pig your face off. Do not, I repeat, do not, and I will say it again, do not go to the show with a suitcase full of cookies and candy and, and, and have a, and then, and then, oh, by the way, also when you get home, have a freezer full of 20 different kinds of ice cream, all the cookies from BJ's, those giant ones that you know are amazing. Um, and you know, all the things you've been stocking up on, do not, I repeat, I'm going to say this one more time, Brandy, what am I about to say? Do not Mm -hmm. stock up on all the things you miss. Right. Right. I see it. I see competitors posting pictures of this and it just, one, it tears my heart out because I've been there. Tears my heart yeah. out because I did it. I did it for years. I, I use, I, I'd get on stage. I diet to get on stage. I binge after diet, binge, diet, binge, diet, mm-hmm. binge. Right? Which is called bad. disordered eating. Exactly. Bad juju. Okay. So um, don't do it. You might be tempted to do it, but don't do it. Post show, my clients all my clients, even if they have another show coming up, they get a, well, I'll call it a free meal. They get a treat meal, right? It doesn't have to be tracked, but there are parameters, right? It's have a nice meal. Have, go out, have a steak and a baked potato. You know, go have a, go have pizza, go have a burger and fries. Eat like a normal person, not like. You know what? And even have dessert, maybe even have a glass of wine if you're somebody who just really loves to have wine, right? But it is not a Start eating from the yeah, at five o'clock p.m. As soon as you come off stage with all the shit you packed in your suitcase, until right. you wake up, you know, five hundred pounds in a ditch the next day because you can <laughs> barely move, right? Right. So, um, so that's that's typically it. Now, depending on how far away the client's next show is, um, and depending on like, is there another show? How far away is the next show? Like, are they already like as lean as we want them? You know, so it really depends right. on the client. But I will say many clients also get Sunday as sort of a, um, a controlled refeed day, right? Yeah. I usually give them 
sometimes I'll give calorie parameters, right? So it's just like, just stick in these calories, right? right. Just don't go overboard. Um, and then for some, it's like, you know what, Let, take, take the, another day. You don't have to track, um, have a nice breakfast, have a nice lunch, like go to the three squares rule, right? Don't right. eat every three hours, have a good breakfast, have a good lunch, have a good dinner. Yeah. And then, you know, relax, chill with your family. Do, do right. that. But again, we're not binging. We're not gorging. Um, because the number one thing I'll tell people, and we'll talk about this a lot more in the reverse podcast is your, um, so, so there is actually, and, and I'll say this just to scare people because, because it should. So there is something called refeed syndrome that happens, um, mostly with, um, anorexics mm -hmm. when they get overfed. Right. So if somebody has been an anorexic, you know, had an eating disorder for a long period of time or, or also happens with like starving children, right? Like right. if they, you know, you have a kid that's in a right. underfed and then you, you just, you can't. So it's, it's actually a shock to the body. Right. Um, and it can get, send you into cardiac arrest. Right. Um, it can cause uh, hypertension, all kinds of things. You have to really I have slowly. seen people end up in the hospital because of it. Right. Well, and the um, water, like water retention. It's dangerous. Um, right. Uh, what, so, is it, what is it? Edema? Edema. Create edema. <laughs> yep. Um, and it can be really dangerous. Well, and you know, there's stories, right, of people who, men typically, but can gorge like that and gain 20 pounds mm -hmm. in two days, yep. right? There's no situation where your body can handle that and, right, and end up in the hospital. Yep. Yep. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. But so, that's why sticking with a coach post-show is important. And not just sticking with a coach, but sticking with the, what the fucking coach tells you to do, right? right? Because the best laid plans from coaches like us, I've seen still go awry because, you know, they start and they can't stop, right? right? So, you know, we, we'll talk, we'll get into a lot Next more week we'll talk about, about reverse, yeah. yeah and, and what happens post-show and all that stuff, but yeah. Anyway, so usually, so for all of you who are, you know, anxiously awaiting that treat meal after the show, you're probably going to get it, right? But everybody's different. So just keep in mind that your, your post-show treat may not be the same as your, your teammates post-show treat. Um, right. But if I catch you showing up at a show with a fucking suitcase full of um, junk, I'm going to take it from you because I'm going to eat it. Well, and that, but that just goes <laughs> to like, right? Because I'm not dieting and I can't. Because <laughs> I can eat what I want and Cause, you can't. Because I'm going to punish you. But, you know, I mean, our, the whole theme of this is if you're coaching, if you have a coach and if you're training right through this process, you shouldn't hopefully be developing these weird disordered eating habits. Nope. Shouldn't need and there's a lot of clients this last year that I worked with who came out off show and were like, you know, all the hype about the post-show meal, it's not really that big of a deal. Nope. I'd rather just stay with my regular plan. It's cool because there was no massive deprivations. There was nothing that strange. Mm -hmm. So it's really a lot of it is just the hype. Yeah. You know, if you're doing things extreme, then everything is kind of extreme and that's just not how we do it. So and make sure you remind me when we, when we podcast next mm -hmm. week, remind me to talk about, cause you and I, the, the, um, that sort of group mentality thing that, um, what's the mm -hmm. word I'm looking for? Cause we talked about it mm -hmm. in terms of like gymnasts, right? So, um, Oh, like the group disorders. Right? Yeah. So in, in, in a sense. Where it becomes of, like a badge of honor. Again, like, write a passage badge right, of honor yeah, like, to like, yeah. A competition of the suck fest or the competition of who yeah. fucked up the worst. And yeah. Let's make sure. Normalizing. It becomes normalizing of bad behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in the next uh, cool. podcast. But All right. So, so anyways, that's it. That's it's not it. that cool. It's fine. It's, it's easy. 
It's yeah, it's uh, peak week is there's nothing magical there. We're not trying to do fat loss. We're just peaking the physique. We spent all yep. this time, right? You're not, we're not cutting your water. You're not going to do anything crazy. Um, show day again, have fun. That's the number right. one thing. Yep. Have fun. And most and people do. Yeah. Honestly, most our clients usually do Yeah, because we sure. prepared them well. Yeah. And you know, so <sighs> anything else? Right. Nope. I think that's it. Now I have to go do actual client work. Yeah. Me I too. normally have it done before we podcast, but I didn't. So now I will. Yeah. And Fridays are supposed to be my day off, but apparently my clients didn't get that message. So I have a whole bunch of emails that I have to go respond to. Right. There's no and I guess I have day to off. shut up. <laughs> there's no, I mean, there's no such thing as a day I off. Say, I know. What is, what's the saying? Actually, I was uh, talking to Beth about this the other day because she owns her own business. Oh, if and, you, you know, do something you love, you never. You'll never work a day in your life. That's yeah. fucking bullshit. If you, do, if you do, if you, <laughs> if you own your own business and do what you love, you'll, you'll basically work all day, every day right. for the rest of your life. Right. But and you'll do the, a lot of stuff you don't want to do, right? Yeah. I don't care how much you love your business. You're going to have to do taxes. Yeah. You're going to have to, right, sit down and do the marketing shit you don't feel like doing. So, yep. so don't believe it. It's not yep. true. <laughs> right. All, all right. right. So cool. anyway, don't get weird, people. Use your head. It'll all be okay. It Bye. Will. Bye.